What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, November 11th. Um, is it Veterans Day in the States for you guys? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, and then Remembrance Day up in Canada. I hope you're all uh, respectfully enjoying that. Um, mm-hmm. I guess for what it is. Um, <laughs> more than just a nice little day off. So uh, you guys have it off too, right? Like, is, is it a, like actual holiday or yeah yeah um and the low like high school uh you know high school middle school elementary school levels yes uh for my cop no but um oh, other levels yeah yeah and, and, you know obviously it's a nice day the the brave men and women who serve our nation so yeah it's like nice day for to remember and yeah. honor yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm Goat, back with Ryan today from Greatness Debates on Instagram. Um, week 10 of NFL action kicking off tonight, but we still need to talk about week nine first. Uh, but I will say, <laughs> Ravens playing the Dolphins. Um, fun fact for you is that Lamar Jackson has won MVP in every single season that he's played the Dolphins. So, um take that for what it's worth uh, that's very very um, GF, gfb <laughs> um like, <laughs> yeah yeah i mean his his mvp season kicked off with that amazing passing game against the dolphins in week one 2019 so yeah. hopefully maybe this will jump start something too but <laughs> yeah not bad for a running back yeah yeah um Big news across the league today, actually. Odell Beckham Jr. officially signed with the L.A. Rams, obviously. Um, obviously, they needed a little, more, a little more depth of wide receivers. So, um, I don't know. I didn't see it coming. I was – I'll touch on this later. I was really hoping for him to go to the Saints. I'm sure most of you saw my story the other day. Um, but – yeah, I don't know. This was, I mean, like, it makes sense on some levels. I might be losing a little bit of respect for him as a player because of it. But, I mean, you do your thing. Like, I don't know. Yeah. What, what, what do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, it's it's just bizarre from a situational perspective. You know, he's always, at least from what we've heard about his gripes with Cleveland, and wanting to you know to be involved and wanting to get targets, I figured he would go to a place where he would receive that. Even though, like, I brought up the Eagles in my posts on him, just seeing getting a ton of targets, or like the Chargers, or like teams like that. But like the Rams, it seems like they have a pretty clear hierarchy. You know, where Stafford throws to Cooper Cup seemingly every every play, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know they've been incorporating Robert Woods a bit, and then. Their offense is just a well-oiled machine. I'm curious to see how Odell fits into that. But it's just, I don't know, it's just a fit that I didn't see coming, but also kind of makes sense when you think about it. You know, big, you know, big L.A. brand. And Odell himself is a brand. You know, OBJ, you know, that catch. And kind of just... The big personality, flashy, you know, guy that he is. 
LA is perfect for him, just like New York was perfect for him in that regard. And like he was never a Cleveland kind of guy. So, like him being in LA makes sense on this Rams team from like a I want the ball perspective doesn't make sense. But, you know, he's taking the DeMarcus Cousins, Golden State Warriors approach of I'm going to go here for a year. And then go somewhere else. That's that's what I assume he's planning. And then go somewhere else where I can get the targets and the big money. And you know, I wanted to see a Randy Moss esque um, kind of third career life resurgence from him. Yeah, which I think can still happen, but I, I just can't really see it happening on a team with a guy like Cooper Cup having one of the greatest receiving seasons we've ever seen. So it's it's just interesting all around to see him choosing the Rams and they just keep adding to this team. It's the perfect definition of just the rich getting richer. Yeah, literally. Um, yeah, I think while Odell won't have as huge of a role here, um, I think like he won't get 10 targets a game, but he should be able to get like five to seven pretty consistently once he gets going and they'll be quality targets. Like he'll be open. Stafford (laughs) knows how to get him the ball. Hopefully. Um, I also like up until this point in his career, he's been in New York and Cleveland two Northern colder teams or cities, I guess. Um, So when he was talking about the Packers, I just didn't, I mean, his worst career game was that playoff game at Lambeau, right? So I was like, do you really want to put yourself in that position again? Uh, but yeah, I think just it'll be a nice change for him um, being in L.A. probably through the playoffs, right? Yeah, I, I would assume. And I'm also interested to see how he adjusts to the locker room since all the stuff about his time in New York and Cleveland and his – sort of personality and attitude how that reflects onto this team with like super high aspirations but um I don't know I, I think I think that it'll be a, a personality mesh with guys with guys on that team I, I have a good feeling about that but then again everybody had a good feeling when he joined his buddy Jarvis Landry in Cleveland and we saw how that turned out yeah yeah I think I mean kind of given the nature of this deal, he knows he's not going to be the superstar there. Um, I Yeah, I think, I think this is just a business move. Like, I'm going to come in, get some success, and then we'll see what happens next, like, this offseason. Because um, unless, I don't know, like, I don't think they would bring him back. They might. Um I don't know. It's it's too early to speculate, but uh, I was also yeah. looking down the stretch. The Rams play the 49ers twice. They have the Packers coming up, the Jaguars, the Cardinals again, the Seahawks, Vikings, and Ravens. Um, hmm. Matthew Stafford with those weapons against those second, uh, yeah, those secondaries should be oh. insane. Um. And also, just to add on to weapons, 
Cam Akers put something on his Instagram story just saying, like, what if I can come back, question mark, in response to Odell. So that's like a (laughs) – that's something like, oh, my God. We're like, oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. If he can somehow manage to return from a torn ACL, I assume, for around the postseason or in the postseason, I'm going to assume he probably won't be able to. But then again, we've seen crazier things from these – incredible athletes that would just be if they ever got him back yeah i wouldn't count on it but i'm sure uh, if he's going to this would be um yeah pretty the pretty time to try yeah yeah (laughs) um all right we should get moving on with the rest of the show go to the week nominations for this week um i had josh allen not the one I was hoping, but um, <laughs> Josh Allen of the Jaguars had a huge game. Uh, you had Chris Boswell, and I think I'll let you unpack that a little more when we get to that game. And then <laughs> the fan vote with a whopping two nominations was uh, Jeffrey Simmons uh, of the Titans. Um, so we'll probably talk about those a little more when we get to those games. But first things first, last Thursday... Uh, the Colts absolutely – well, I think the, the score looks a lot closer than this game was. Um, yeah. Yeah, in a way, this was exactly what the Colts needed. Just go out and get a big win against a bad team. Um, <laughs> definitely gave up more points than they probably like, but it was never in doubt, which is good. <laughs> uh, Carson Wentz had a really great game. Nice to see him kind of get back on track. And Jonathan Taylor – was a unit 172 yards on the ground two touchdowns including a 78 yarder um Mm -hmm. i had taylor and michael carter of the jets as my two running backs in one of my fantasy leagues and taylor did enough work for the both of them um which Mm -hmm. was nice um mike white last week's go to the week left this one early with an injury uh so you hate to see that but you know what was funny about this Josh Johnson came in, um, and he's got to be probably the most irrelevant guy ever to stick around the league for, like, 10-plus years. That's like, a way of playing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at you look at his – like, he's never done anything that's been like, yeah, this guy should be on an NFL roster consistently. Obviously, like, no, no disrespect here because <laughs> – I mean, he's I mean, like he's a professional athlete, but like, yeah, uh, he has, um, sorry, just like eight career starts. He's one in seven in those games. Fifty-six point five percent completion percentage, eleven touchdowns, fifteen interceptions, and he's been in the league since two thousand nine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, credit to him for sticking around. I mean teams must value him as a third, second, third. And, you know, I mean, I don't think he's necessarily as bad as his numbers, but he's certainly better off in that third string, fourth string role. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's a, um, yeah, I just don't, I, I don't know why people why we keep coming back to him. No, like not to kind of shade him that way, but it's like, 
Oh, that's interesting. Uh, especially, <laughs> like, was Joe Flacco hurt for this one, or was he just not ready? Or like, it's just confusing. Maybe they wanted to be fair to the Colts and not play an elite quarterback to keep yeah, their seats up and locked and loaded for. Uh, that's probably it. The future. Yeah, <laughs> the league didn't want uh, the Colts to get embarrassed in this one, so they they made them play. Uh, Mike White and Josh Johnson instead of <laughs> Flacco. Yeah. See much? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was pretty much it. Colts generally dominated. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have anything else to sprinkle in for that one? I'll credit the Colts, especially Jonathan Taylor, who's emerging as an elite back. He was one of my candidates for Goat of the Week before I went with the Wizard of Boz. But uh, there were some pretty good options. Yeah, there was a lot, but um, I like you said earlier with Mike White getting hurt. I was really excited to see him play this one because I wanted to see how he would carry on. Yeah, his amazing first start, and early on seeing him throw some darts and then throw a touchdown to um Elijah Moore, I was really excited. And I thought the you know this really interesting. Maybe the Jets can score some points. This Colts team needs this win, like you said. And I think it would have been an interesting game with Mike White, or at least a more interesting game. But what happens, happens. I'm just excited to hear that he's going to be starting against the Bills. Um, So I, I, I just want to see more of Mike White, and uh, I hope that he's all healthy. And I know just by watching him and watching how the team reacted to him being hurt that they really have galvanized behind him and that he really wants to be out there. So I, I I'm – Excited to see what else he can do. He thinks he's going to play a very good Buffalo defense now. But, yeah, I just want to see what, what's going to happen going forward for Mike White. And uh, credit to the Colts for taking care of business and then some versus the Jets. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know what to expect from White coming up in this one. Uh, the Bills defense has been consistently – Good. They've been great some games, and then a little more down to earth others. But which which happens to modern yeah. defenses? Like, things a great defense in my opinion anymore in the modern NFL with how advanced I mean, teams are offensively. Yeah, that makes sense to where like I feel like any defense could get thirty put on them by just like what happened to the Bills with Derrick Henry and Tannehill, like. If offense, like great offense, beats great defense, in my opinion. So I feel like in today's level of football, like no defense can truly be like great, if that makes sense. I, I know a lot of people would dispute that, but that's kind of my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. And even like you look at the 2000 Ravens, uh, they gave up 36 points to the Jaguars week two. Uh, I'm looking just now. I don't have this memorized, uh, <laughs> but yeah, they had they had a down game and still went down as one of the greatest defenses of all time. But yeah, you look at how like um, Washington and Miami, two pretty consensus top ten defenses last year, and they're pretty much non-existent right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is kind of a weird tangent, but. Um, yeah, speaking yeah. of good defense, uh, let's look at the Patriots over the Panthers 24 to 6. This is another one that was pretty much 
pretty much exactly what I expected. Uh, Bill Belichick just continues to bully Sam Darnold. Um, Spooky. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've just seen a lot of Patriots games like pretty much exactly like this in the past where the offense wasn't spectacular. Mac Jones finished with 139 passing yards. Um, ground game was solid, but forcing three interceptions from Sam Darnold. Uh, and I believe a, sorry, they didn't lose a fumble. I just saw that, that there were a couple on the stat sheet, but none of them were lost. Um, but yeah, still three turnovers. Um, yeah, this is nothing really surprising uh, from the Patriots under Belichick. Mm-hmm. Swan Gilmore got an interception in his little revenge game. Um, he's, I mean, he's only played a few games this year, but he's had some nice moments. Uh, I think the biggest one from this one, um, did you see the Mac Jones um, ankle twist on Brian Burns? Yes, yes, I did. Um, I know that Brian Burns feels a certain type of way about it, and I would understand seeing the kind of level of pain he was in after the play. And I knew we made a uh, kind of passive threat towards Mac Jones afterwards, saying that he hopes that other DNs in the league see that, which <laughs> if I was Mac Jones, I'd be very terrified. Yeah. Um, I, I, I also saw Mac Jones's explanation where he said that he thought that he had the ball and he was a little disoriented because of the situation and he was just trying to bring him down. But I don't know. He was bringing him down. He was twisting his ankles. He was falling. Like, that looked very suspect from that video. Um, I don't I don't really know what to say. Because a lot of these situations, like, I don't really know what's going through Mac Jones's head in that situation. But uh, I don't know. It's certainly... It's certainly an interesting situation. Yeah. I That's think, all I can really put it as. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I generally side with Jones here. Uh, I don't think he was intentionally like, oh, I'm going to twist his ankle and hopefully hurt him. I think in a sneaky little way, he was kind of thinking, I got to stop this guy from making a play here, whether he thought he had the ball or not. And then kind of in the heat of the moment, you do something, you're like, oh, man, that was kind of dumb. I shouldn't have done that. But mm-hmm. um, I'd like to see an apology out of him. I don't think that he's a bad person and did this intentionally. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Burns is a great defensive player and uh, hope to see him back out there soon. Was um, he injured for this? I believe so. I'll see if oh. I can check the um, injury report where he's at for this coming week. Then um, that, that makes things more complicated. Really yeah. Injured. Yeah. Um, it is weird. I, I, like you said, he did football is very, he's very short situations. And sometimes you can make really dumb decisions. So I, I agree with I really agree with you, Seth. I, I don't think Mac Jones hurt him. And maybe there's something dumb trying to bring him down. I feel like at the end of the day, intent matters. I, I don't think the intent was there with Mac Jones. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just looking at what Pro Football Reference has um, 
Week 10 injury report for the Panthers updated yesterday. He did not participate with the foot injury. So not a good outlook for this week. Um, But more exciting news for the Panthers. Um, Rumor had it they were looking for quarterback options. And today they officially brought back, uh, I don't know if you've heard of this guy, Cam Newton. Um, Mm. I don't know. Apparently he's played there before or something. Um, Apparently he types in a funny font. Yeah. Seems seems (laughs) like a weird character, but uh, apparently he's played football for a little while. So, um, Mm. but yeah, in all seriousness, uh, do you have any kind of initial thoughts about this? Obviously it's pretty hard to diagnose exactly just with how up and down he's been and we don't know how he'll kind of fit in this offense it's different than the one he was running when he was here but um yeah what what's kind of your initial thought on this signing yeah i mean it's it's certainly that when i saw it i was like oh that's really cool you know he kind of put the panthers on the map you know help in having in my opinion being one of the having one of the best MVP seasons ever in the sense of being the most valuable player on a football team because that 15 and one Panthers team, yeah, they had a lot of talent on their defense. But when you look at their receiving core and overall weapons, nothing, nothing really too stellar there. And the fact that they were able to go 15 and one with that team and, and then dominate their way to the Yes, they had a dud in the Super Bowl, but <laughs> to be able to get to the Super Bowl, like that was incredible. And then, like, just everything Cam Newton did for that franchise, it's just so fitting that he ends up back there, especially after failed Sam Darnold experiment. Um, I, I hope that he can end up playing for them. You know, I'm also a fan of XFL legend uh, PJ Walker, hmm. but um, I wanted to see him play a little bit, but um. I mean Cam Newton, he's a he's a legend there. So he he should get I hope he really hope I really hope that he gets a shot in Joe Brady's offense and see what Joe Brady can come up with for him in terms of utilizing his athleticism. Maybe that arm talent is back for Cam. It, he looked a little wonky last year after COVID hit him. So um I'm interested seeing to see if Cam Newton sort of rejuvenized after this time off. And maybe he's, you know, kind of like a Austin Powers. He gets his mojo back after going back to the Panthers. Yeah, for sure. Did you get uh, the reference to Austin yeah, Powers? Yeah. Okay, that's good. <laughs> um, I lost my mojo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a while since I've seen those ones, but I uh, can never forget that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just kind of kind of to support your points on his MVP season. It's crazy to think, like, obviously you think of Cam Newton and you're like, oh, yeah, he he ran really well. He also threw 35 touchdowns that year. That was tied for second in the league with such names as Carson Palmer, Eli Manning, and Blake Bortles. So, obviously, an elite passing season there. Um, elite company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, also had 10 rushing touchdowns. Uh, and this was, yeah, as you said, his leading wide receiver. So Greg Olson had a great year over a thousand yards. That's all good. His leading wide receivers were Ted Ginn Jr. 
and Jericho Cotri, both over <laughs> 30 years old at the time. Yeah, and I say, like, he probably is the most mvp MVP that I have ever seen watching football, and I think he deserves his props for that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, not much else to add there, but yeah, I'm curious. I think at least this will be a good morale booster for the fans, most importantly, but also for the locker room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Cool, cool. Uh, moving along, um, the Browns 41 to 16 over the Bengals. Just when you think you know anything about the NFL, just when you think that there's some kind of patterns that you can pick up on and kind of establish uh, some sort of, I don't know, facts, I guess. <laughs> Uh, just when you think the Browns are just the Browns again, they come out and do this. And it's like, well, what are you (laughs) like? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's my kind of my problem with Cleveland is that they're so difficult to gauge week to week. I know that many teams are like this, but I think that the Browns have the most talented roster in the AFC, in my opinion, but I just feel like they never play like this, and I always feel like they underperform. And they have games like this, fire, like hoping people that have had them going far, but then they'll have duds. They're just, like I said, they're just hard to gauge, and this was a day when they were in fuego coming off a divisional loss to the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, this was, I mean, credit to them. This is exactly what they needed to do. Um, but yeah, it is really hard to kind of pick up on what they're going to do. Um, so Nick Chubb had a big one, 137 yards, two touchdowns, uh, including a 70-yarder, which is really impressive. Mm-hmm. They also casually had a 99-yard pick six. Uh, credit to Denzel Ward on that one. And then a 60-yard yes. touchdown pass to Donovan Peoples-Jones. Uh, obviously, Baker Mayfield, 14 of 21 for 218 yards, two touchdowns, isn't eye-popping. But, um, yeah, based on what he did on the field, he just always seems a little bit better without Odell Beckham Jr., which is weird, but I also kind of get it because he has kind of that freedom to really open it up and just take what's there. Um, mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I, mean, I was curious to see how they'd come out uh, after kind of all that drama. But here we are. They get a big divisional victory, and they're sitting okay at 5-4. and four. We'll see how the rest of the season plays out. I think they'll have a pretty tough test coming up against the Patriots here. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, this is a lot better than a loss would have been. So Yeah. Yeah, in the Belichick Bowl, because he yeah. coached. Yeah, that's true. And and as a, and as a major Gus Johnson fan, watching Denzel Ward get the 99-yard pick six, as soon as he caught it, I said, uh, hurt my feelings, if you understand that reference. I don't know if I do. Uh, Gus Johnson was calling an Ohio State game once, and okay. Denzel Ward was playing for Ohio oh, State. Okay. And a receiver caught a pass, and Denzel Ward, just absolutely blew him up. Just blew him up. And then Gus Johnson said, you're having barbecue and you didn't invite me? Hurt my (laughs) feelings. 
<laughs> and it was just it's it was just a classic Gus Johnson moments. So now whenever I see Denzel Ward, I just think hurt my feelings. Nice, nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, another really shocking one: Broncos over the Cowboys. What was the final score? Thirty to sixteen. Is that right? Um, yeah, Basically thirty to sixteen. Nothing, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you said thirty to nothing start. Just insane. Cowboys had two turnovers. Were five of thirteen on third down and zero for four on fourth. Uh, shout out to Vic Fangio. Knew his job was on the line uh, and just put out a great defensive performance from this unit. Um, against, yeah, one of the best offenses in the league. Um, Technically the first-ranked offense. Yeah, I believe so. Um, mm-hmm. So to do that, no Von Miller either. Just a very complete game from this unit. Um, mm-hmm. Offensively, um, Broncos ran really well. Javante Williams had 111. Melvin Gordon had 80. Uh, Tim Patrick caught five, or caught, sorry, caught four of five through the air for 85 yards and a 44 yard touchdown. Andre um, on Diggs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I saw a meme where it's, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it as a picture of Clay Thompson. He fouled out in the NBA finals with six points. And then it says Trayvon Diggs after giving up 160 passing yards or 160 receiving two touchdowns but caught one interception yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean he's obviously doing really well but the the humor there is nice yeah yeah absolutely um yeah just a strange game i don't know what to expect uh from the broncos coming out of this one um i think the cowboys should be okay but does this say anything about where denver's at i mean they're five and four i feel like Every other team in the AFC is. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah have, um, so I was just going to say, they have the number two okay. scoring defense in the league, sixth in total yards allowed. Um, and then coming up, they have the Eagles, a bye, but then a couple of tough tests against the Chargers and the Chiefs. Yeah. And, and they're every single team in the AFC West currently, I win. So. Technically, it's anyone's decision as crazy as that sounds. Bizarre. Yeah, it is bizarre. And um, honestly, we talked about them last podcast. I honestly thought that Denver was dead. Yet, they're yeah. like the Undertaker, the professional wrestler, and yeah. they've risen from the dead, apparently. Um, everything about this game, to me, kind of just speaks anomaly, especially the 0-4 on fourth down. Like, that's just like... I don't know. NFL teams just don't go over four on fourth down. And credit to Denver for well, especially a team like this, right? Yeah, with so many weapons at home, Dallas, with all those fans and that environment, like this. I mean, incredible performance by Denver, but like, I don't know. It just feels so. It really just shows that anything can happen on any game, and like anybody can win. Like these are all professionals, so. So credit to Denver and um, I guess their team to like out for. Ironically, they were a team I was high on before the season because of the high level of defense that they can play. So um, 
yeah, I, I guess just be on the lookout for them. And I, I'm not really worried about Dallas, the talent mm-hmm. level. But, um, yeah, this was just a wild game. And to think that Denver basically beat them 30 to nothing besides before two garbage time scores, that was just crazy. Yeah, for sure. Definitely something to monitor. I guess for both teams coming out, the Cowboys have an interesting game this week against the Falcons, who um, also pulled off the upset this week. We'll get to that in a <laughs> minute. Um, first things first, I wanted to – well, I didn't want to, but I guess we should uh, look at the <laughs> Jaguars over the Bills, 9-6. to six. Um like I said, I wish we didn't have to talk about this, but also I think I gotta gotta unpack a little bit here. Um, I think part of me is still stuck on my couch Sunday morning, just waiting, just thinking like, okay, no, but the the Bills are just gonna score a touchdown and then they're gonna win, and they never did. Um, I mean, you mentioned um, kind of a weird comparison, but you mentioned the Undertaker a minute ago. I don't know how familiar you are with the WrestleMania win streak. I'm very familiar, yes. And when that came to an end, I believe it was against Brock Lesnar. Yeah, the, the, that guy's face when he was like, yeah. the shock. Yeah, I remember watching that match. Um, and I, because the streak was a big deal. And. Mm-hmm. It would get challenged just about every year. And you think, okay, but like, it's the streak. It's never going to end. And then it did. And this, I kind of the same feeling where I never expected the Jaguars to even compete in this game. And then they won was kind of the same feeling I had after watching Brock Lesnar pin the undertaker to win that match. If that makes sense. I was, I've been a lifelong WWE fan. So like, yeah, I remember when that happened, and I was like, to Brock Lesnar, not even to like a younger wrestler to prop them up. Yeah, I, I feel like they could very big tangent to go off on, but I feel like they could have done like Brock Lesnar didn't need that, you know? Yeah, really, if anybody he did not need that, like give it to like a younger wrestler to, to prop them up and give them something to like build themselves on. But I guess that's ironic because I guess Trevor Lawrence is the young wrestler to build himself on in this situation. Yeah. Or I guess <laughs> the, the, the other Josh, in this case, um, the real Josh Allen, may the real Josh yeah. Allen, please stand yeah, up. He's, he's earned those naming rights uh, for the rest <laughs> of the season, at least. <laughs> uh, I guess um, sorry. Go, quarterback go Josh Allen, I guess it's the other Josh Allen now. Yeah. I mean, until he earns that back. Um, <laughs> just an ugly game. I mean, the Bills took 12 penalties in this one. Some were questionable. Some were just dumb. Um, hmm. Allen was under pressure. Oh, sorry. Quarterback Josh Allen was under pressure all game. couple backup offensive linemen in. Uh, normally, he's really good under pressure, but he just made some really dumb decisions and lost the fumble in a key position in this one. Um yeah, just a just a bad game. Uh, and like I, I remember thinking in this one, I was like, the Bills needs to do a little bit more, and they didn't do bad. 
Like, they held the Jaguars to nine points, which almost any other week, they're going to win that game. Um, I, yeah, I did some research Monday, I think, and this was just the first time since um, week three or uh, I don't remember exactly. I think it was like Josh Allen's third career start or something uh, that they were held under 10 points. Um, so yeah, this just hasn't happened to this team in so long. And it's just, yeah, very confusing. Um, hopefully it's a big wake up call because they still have all the talent they had when they were winning games, 45, nothing. Um, <laughs> so I think they can, I think they can get back there, but they got to show it this week. Uh, yeah, hopefully they just, yeah, I don't know. Like the, the division is in doubt for the first time since last season, pretty much, uh, which is, yeah, I didn't see it coming, especially this week, but yeah, I guess it's just karma for making fun of the dolphins so much after they lost to the Jaguars. Um, just Mm. kind of, yeah balancing out for that um, balanced as all things should be yeah sadly um <laughs> yeah maybe I mean, I, I a lesson. i not to cut you off but i, I don't I, I think the bills are are gonna probably pretty securely win the afc east i just can't see the patriots like winning the top end games if that makes sense that the bills yeah. could now i i mean i guess right now it way the Patriots are playing, but I don't know. I just the Bills at their best are a top three team in the league, arguably even higher in the top three. So yeah at this moment consider the AFC East in question, but um that this game itself is kind of an anomaly just based upon how much the Bills score. So I, I too much stress. It's just just crazy to think that the Jaguars who were supposed to be the worst team in the league, just beat the Bills. But like like I say, anything can happen. So I guess yeah. just credit to the Jags and the real Josh Allen for <laughs> standing up. Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing there were so many other upsets this week to kind of overshadow this one. It's like, guys, it's not, it's not that bad. Like, every team can lose every once in a while. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, part of me needs to see, like, MVP Josh Allen back against the Jets. Part of me is like, it's okay if he takes a little step down because I'm playing against him in one of my leagues this week. But I think uh, I think it'll be better for my soul, kind of, uh, to see a good game out of him. Just to know that he's still what he is, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think we're all going to give up on Josh Allen for a couple bad games, but... um. I don't know he's always been a quarterback that's been a little up and down. I also think it's you know having no run game and line at this point also doesn't help him either. Yeah, and hopefully that offensive line will get healthy soon. I think they had just two, uh, two or three reserve players in there this week. Um, so yeah, I don't know exactly what the timeline is <laughs> like for those starters but i mean they're definitely better with them than they were without them so yeah yeah so I, i'm not stressing for the bills and honestly it's just a big win for the jags i always say i thought 
were going to be better than what they were this season, but Lawrence is legit and just keep building with him. And I think this team will be pretty solid in the upcoming years. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Moving along to another kind of interesting game in a weird way. Uh, The Chiefs 13 to seven over the Packers. If I would have told you in the preseason that that would be the (laughs) score of this game, um, you would think I was insane, but yeah, I, I would have said where it was uh, Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers being held hostage somewhere or something. Like, yeah, how would this happen? Yeah, only one of them. Uh, but even with even with Jordan Love starting this one for the Packers, I expected more. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think kind of the the bottom line for this game is that Aaron Rodgers has a lot of power right now coming out of this one. Um, he yeah, really, a lot of things to say apparently as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. don't want to get into that too much without making this super political for no reason. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, watching your team put up seven points against this defense, um, you definitely, yeah, he's kind of holding all the cards as far as his future goes. Yeah, yeah. And um, Grant, they had a field goal by Mason Crosby and they feel goal blocked just to mm-hmm. add them. and they had yeah. a bunch of special teams miscues really hurt them this game just you know in all fairness but you know the Chiefs you know you talked about Jordan Love's performance the Chiefs I actually looked this up because watching the game I felt like the Chiefs were blitzing Jordan Love on every single play and apparently the Chiefs blitzed Love on kind of his dropbacks which is insanely high. Yeah. And they were basically treating him like a young quarterback that they wanted to test. Now, this Chiefs defense has been bad, but one thing they can do is get pressure in timely situations, which mm. was huge in their Super Bowl run. You know, getting those sacks and those crucial plays in those fourth quarters in order to help ignite those Mahomes led comebacks, like in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, and the Chiefs were able to do that. And um, the Chiefs, they kind of just – they just have to play better. I know that they, they beat the Giants in, in that in that close Monday night game, although insanely hurt in the Giants. Even though Jordan, uh, just with Jordan Love playing quarterback, I just feel like the Chiefs needed decisively to really say, like, yeah, we're – playing it together, we're still that team. And all I really came out of this was thinking, without the whole sort of mystique that Kansas City's built in this Mahomes era, they're kind of just like an average team or like a playoff hopeful. And they just don't feel like what the Chiefs should feel like with Mahomes as their quarterback. So they, they, they still have a lot to put together and they've, been fortunate with these last two matchups, but they need to start being the Chiefs if they actually want to fulfill their aspirations. Yeah, for sure. It's absurd to see that they're like 15 in points right now after being like top, I don't know, three off the top of my head without looking for the past like four years. Yeah, and they were top five even this season where they had some of those impressive performances like against Cleveland, like against the Ravens before they they blew that one. And then against the the um Eagles where Mahomes threw five touchdowns. 
it's just bizarre that they're like so inconsistent. And that's why I thought I would talk about him earlier, but OPJ should go there because you know they need some versatility on offense. They're still at a point where they're struggling, and I just don't really see how it gets a ton better. Yeah, for sure. And they're coming up. They play the Raiders this week on the road. Um, yeah, I mean, they have their fair share of question marks too, but then it's Dallas the week after that. Uh, they have their bye. And then the Broncos, who we'll see where we'll see what kind of team they are at that point. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, they have a decently tough stretch. Um, so yeah, yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Um, and the Chiefs tend to struggle in the AFC West too. Yeah. So I wouldn't be I think they lost the Raiders last year. Like we can't just look at the Raiders like, oh, We'll beat them. I, I don't. I don't really know if they would, and I wouldn't really say the same for Denver either. Another team that they've been competitive with. So yeah, yeah, it's tough for the Chiefs going forward. But man, have the Packers been resilient despite a lot of their losses, like on guys on defense, like Jair Alexander having this game without Aaron Rodgers, uh, winning, beating the Cardinals on the road without Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard and Scantling. Yeah. So credit to Green Bay. Like when they're fully healthy, I really think that this is a incredible, like a Super Bowl caliber team. And it just stinks for them that they're in the NFC, which is insanely top heavy. And we're really, in my opinion, where or where I should say, in my opinion, all the elite teams are in the NFL at the moment. So it's just it's just crazy. It's just thinking about it competitively, like where you are, how much where you are matters. Because if they were in the AFC, I think the Packers would be the runaway favorites to make the Super Bowl, and I wouldn't even bat an eye. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a fair point. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at, yeah, it's just crazy. The like the Rams, Cardinals, Boxers, mm-hmm. Bucks. I don't. I think are they six and two right now? Or six and th- I don't remember, but. Um, May, yeah, I don't remember Nothing exactly. game. They're by, so I think seven and two. They have their by this past week. So I think six and two. Oh, yeah, that sounds six, right. Okay, then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, yeah. And like I said a second ago, I feel like every team in the AFC has five wins right now. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, moving along. Uh, a less crazy game that shouldn't have too much to say about the Dolphins over the Texans 17 to nine. I guess the Dolphins aren't the worst team in the league right now. Um, nice <laughs> to kind of establish the hierarchy at the bottom there, but let's give a nice golf clap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tyra Taylor, thir- I almost said 13, three interceptions. Uh, so not as bad in his uh, return. Dolphins defense had five sacks. That's, pretty much it um i mean this was the formula for the dolphins winning last year is just kind of abuse turnover prone teams and hope your offense can do enough um <laughs> fair yeah. enough <laughs> yeah i don't know if you have anything else to throw in there I and mean, there's not much going on with that game but um in all fairness to the two teams now i have like legitimately nothing to say <laughs> yeah yeah Absolutely. Uh, another kind of interesting one, Falcons over the Saints, 27 to 25. Uh, got interesting at the end. It wasn't 
at first. But the Saints put up 22 points in the fourth quarter. Um, but the Falcons pulled through, which kind of makes me think, is the Atlanta sports curse finally over? Um, we'll have to obviously, see. the Braves won the World Series, um, which I know pretty much nothing about baseball, but I'm me too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we won't too. try to go too far there, but um, yeah, I mean, things are looking good for them. Falcons didn't choke a lead, so pretty sure that's the first time since Super Bowl 51 that that's happened. Um, hmm. Yeah, yeah, nothing really to add specific to that. Uh, I think the Saints just need more weapons, which is why I had in my notes here before Odell signed with the Rams, I thought he would have been such a good fit here. Uh, Obviously, he's from Louisiana. I think just having the opportunity to go to your hometown team and be the wide receiver one on a possible playoff run just says so much more than like, oh, I'm just going to sign with this 7-2 team and kind of coast, hopefully, to a Super Bowl, right? Yeah, I yeah, I mean, I totally agree. Granted, I think that Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill throwing him passes versus Matthew Stafford was a big thing. Hey, yeah. Simeon can deal. I mean, yeah, I, if he wasn't yeah. throwing to, like, Deontay Harris and I don't even know who else in this game, uh, who's to say? But Yeah, yeah, okay, that, that, that's a fair point. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I mean – I don't know. I mean, granted, I'm not Odell Beckham Jr. and I don't really know what he values, but yeah, I mean, thought, and it's kind of a place, you know, and that's still a nice city with a ton of culture down, yeah. in, down in Ola. So it's not like it's Cleveland. <laughs> so yeah, and Cleveland, but it's not you know a vibrant kind of place like New Orleans is. So um, yeah, it's it, it would have been a great fit in that sense but again like what, o- what Odell wants to do it's it's his choice <laughs> yeah yeah for sure uh, do you have that, anything else to add for the sun before we move along yeah all I have to say was that uh, Matty Ice was TBB this game he was too busy balling yeah I, I, I just thought of that and I wanted to say that so <laughs> he was TBB yeah he had to go could have been a go to the week nomination. I'm surprised he didn't come up, uh, but yeah, yeah, very good week for him. I've uh, always been a fan of him. I, I just, I don't know. I went, there's so many guys, like you said, that could have won it, but I don't know. I just wanted to go with Boz, but we'll explain yeah. that later. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, moving along, Giants over the Raiders, um, 23 to 16. Obviously, there's a lot up in the air mm-hmm. for the Raiders after everything with Henry Ruggs last week. Um, Giants started this out with a 30-yard Evan Ingram touchdown. And it kind of made me think it's kind of weird how much of the Giants struggle to just get Ingram some big plays. I mean, you'd think ever since kind of his, his speed alone, you should be able to kind of create something for him. But he's been so quiet all season. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know if you have any kind of insight there anything to add um even just an agreement would suffice i guess but um yeah yeah, i I don't know what do you what do you think of that i agree with you and ever since his rookie season i just 
he looked like he was going to be this athletic freak, dominant tight end. And he's never been that. He's struggled with drops. And it, it, is, it is kind of a shame to see him not producing like we think he can. But, you know, with all these injuries, the Giants need someone that can, can go catch passes. And he's someone that can do that. So maybe he can have a bit of a semi in this sort of time where all these pass catchers are hurt. Yeah, like, I'm not saying I need to see, like, six catches, 100 yards kind of thing, but, like, you'd think you would get a few more of these, like, big chunk plays every once in a while, right? Yeah, or even, yeah, just, you know, matchup, kind of a matchup difference. He's matchup on the slower-footed linebacker, and he gets yeah. something, yeah, something like that, like, utilizing his athleticism to, to bring up big plays. Maybe their coordinators just haven't been clever enough. I don't know, but yeah. I, I do think the talent's there. I think it's always been there. With yeah, like you said, he has had some bad drop issues, but like you'd think that he would be able to, I don't know, make some like he's gonna catch the ball sometimes, right? <laughs> like, anyways, that's yeah. I always just feel like sorry to cut you off, but yeah, on this talent, and if you have playmakers, there's gotta be some way you can get the ball in their hands. Yeah. Like, so, you look at the, the Giants game against the Chiefs. He had one catch for five yards. Like, you, there's got to be a way to get him <laughs> something. Heck, maybe just put him in the backfield and give him carries. I don't know. <laughs> you could just get the ball in his hands somehow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was the first thing that stood out for me here. The Giants got three takeaways, including two Xavier McKinney interceptions, one for a touchdown. Um, I guess we'll see... The Raiders signed Deshaun Jackson this week. I don't know what to expect from that. Um, it's always, I mean, he's had flashes this year with the Rams. Um, so if he can just pull the deep, yeah, pull the top off the defense every once in a while, uh, at least stretch things out for the guys underneath. I don't know what to expect from that, but I mean, he's a perfect Raider receiver. They, they salivate at the thought of fast wide receivers and they've always yeah. been like this even no matter who's running the organization they just love the speedy take the top off the defense wide receivers so Deshaun Jackson being there is like peanut butter on jelly peanut butter and jelly on bread so yeah, just, yeah. it's just a perfect combination yeah I mean we'll see what he has left he has he did have some nice plays with the Rams earlier in the season so uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I had to say for that one. If you're ready to move along, yeah, yeah, I'm all good. Cool, cool. Uh, I guess another NFC East on AFC West matchup: uh, Chargers over the Eagles. <coughs> Sorry, twenty-seven to twenty-four. Um, closer than I expected, but it's nice to see the Chargers coming out on top of these close ones for once. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, Justin Herbert had a great game, 356 yards, two touchdowns, no sacks, no interceptions. Um, the Eagles finally started running the ball somewhat consistently after Miles Sanders is injured. So that's weird. <laughs> yeah, strange. But um, Jordan Howard has kind of kind of become relevant again. Um, I feel like he and Derrick Henry – can't both be good at the same time. Uh, maybe this is just kind of a weird, weird kind of trend I noticed, but their rookie seed, they, they're both in the 2016 
draft class. Um, that year, Henry was pretty quiet, uh, kind of splitting carries with DeMarco Murray. Um, but Jordan Howard, feature back for the Bears, got, well, I don't remember his yards total, but he was second in the league. Um, and then he kind of disappeared. Henry took over. And then right when Henry gets injured, Howard comes out and starts kind of making plays again. So I don't Feels know. Very maybe I'm the only one that picked up but... on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Something kind of interesting there, I guess. Um, yeah. Did you have anything else for that, for that one? I think this next one. Uh, will be fun looking at the Ravens overtime win over the Vikings if you're ready for that. Yeah, yeah, I'm all ready. Only thing I would say is credit to the Chargers because they really needed this win. Yeah, absolutely. Like we said, mm-hmm. that division is so close right now. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, sorry. Looking at the Ravens, uh, Vikings started out hot in this one. Offense stayed pretty consistent. I mean, they put up 30 points. Uh, mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson toasted Marlon Humphreys. Humphrey, sorry, I yeah, yeah kind of went for that without thinking about that. Um, <laughs> toasted him for a 50 yard touchdown, and then yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, Ravens were just able to get back in it. I, I gotta yeah. be honest, I didn't watch as much like tape, I guess, uh, pretty much just highlights for the most part as I normally do. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what really sparked this for them. But, uh, yeah, they were down 7-3, scored a touchdown, down 24-10, to 10, uh, and then just got back, went shot for shot. Um, Lamar Jackson did have two interceptions in this one, but 266 passing yards, three touchdowns, and 120 on the ground shouldn't be ignored. Um <laughs> I think I've mes- mentioned this before, but I feel like great rushing games from quarterbacks always seem to be like an extra kind of bonus thing where it's like, oh yeah, it's for this. And he, he had some rushing yards as well. Uh, but like 100 yards from a quarterback is really impressive. But I was digging around. <laughs> uh, he tied with Michael Vick in this one for the most 100-yard rushing games by a quarterback with 10. Um, no other quarterback is more than four. It took Lamar four seasons to do what Vic did in nine. And uh, the Ravens are undefeated 10 and 0 when Lamar Jackson rushes for 100 yards. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think in my Jackson is the greatest running quarterback of all time. I know he doesn't have the longevity of someone like Michael Vick, but when you look at the level of dominance that Lamar's had, with offenses fueled by the gravity of his rushing ability, I feel like it's hard to deny that he's at least the most impactful rushing quarterback of all time. I guess you can argue Cam Newton, who we talked about earlier, is that as well. But I just feel like what Lamar Jackson can do, it's basically, I know jokes, no, all, jokes, all jokes aside, like a running yeah. back wide receiver playing quarterback. And I mean that as in someone that's a very skilled and talented passer, you know, the kind of stride. You know, I'm watching, I was watching some film on Lamar and his ability to step up in the pocket and make throws under intense pressure is like what the elite quarterbacks, the elite passing quarterbacks do. And he follows that up with running backs 
and wide receiver like athleticism, like this is why Lamar Jackson is one of the greatest talents we've ever seen suit up at quarterback. And like the stats you just said, says, you know, with the lack of longevity compared to Michael Vick, tying him with the most rushing yards for a quarterback or most, most games yeah. for a qu- to suffice. It's just remarkable what he's able to, he's the most valuable player in football right now. Like, Cam Newton was for that 15 game. So, um, so just credit to him. He deserves his props. And, you know, I think people should, should mature enough to do away with those running back jokes. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like coming out of this one, um, no quarterback. I, I think I've heard this put, uh, by someone before, but experience is more, um, what's the like goalpost moving. Hmm. Um, then Lamar, where it's like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, he can do this, but he can't do, the, like, okay, yeah, he won MVP, but he can't win in the playoffs, or he can't win games with his arm, or he can't come from behind, and he keeps showing that he can. Mm-hmm. So honestly, the more people say, I'm here for it, because he's crushing all of these goals as they come up. Um, so I mean, if this is where he's at now, I'm excited to see what he can do uh when people expect more from him and want more because yeah he's been answering yeah lamar can't win more rings than brady yeah let's do that (laughs) okay maybe that's maybe that's a bit bit much but yeah like it's just and i also think people are a bit weary of his style of play more typically the no offense old head like scouts and stuff that don't like running quarterbacks you know, yeah, a new breed, and very soon in the future, we're gonna see quarter just basically pure athletes that can throw to football, but also run like receivers and running backs. So, I would just tell those guys to get used to it, thinking forward. And yeah, it's 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 crazy to see the kind of talent that's in the league and just how insane Lamar. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, moving on real quick, looking at the 49ers and the Cardinals, um, another exciting young mobile quarterback uh, out for this one. Mm-hmm. But no Kyler, no DeAndre Hopkins, no problem for the Cardinals this week. A big in-division win over the 49ers with Colt McCoy at the starting quarterback. Uh, he was solid, but James Conner was the real story here. He had 173 total yards and three touchdowns. I'm going to let you uh, kind of take the lead on that for a second because I know you're a big fan. Yeah, yeah. And then I made a post on him a while back that James Conner actually liked, which absolutely made my day. I've always been a big fan of him as a big Steelers fan just because of just how much heart he brought to that team as a, as a cancer survivor. And then he had the big season with all the drama with Le'Veon Bell. And I even touched upon it in the post that, you know, there was a lot of things in Pittsburgh that went against him. The declination of the offensive line, the play calling was bad, and they would just abandon the run. And I never really felt like, and this is no offense to him, I never really felt like he was built to be a workhorse back. I feel like he was perfect for what he is in the, on the Cardinals, which is splitting carries with a talented back in Chase Edmonds and sort of getting a relief while also at times 
you know, getting to be featured like he is on the goal line, you know, leading the NFL in touch now. And to see a game like this where he just goes crazy and, and puts the Cardinals on his back without his quarterback and his number one receiver, it honestly doesn't really surprise me because I've seen him play this well, and I know that kind of talent he is. And I honestly think that he looks quicker than what he was in his Pittsburgh days. And just seeing him do, you know, even in the receiving game, catch snag. I don't know if you saw some of those one-handed snags that he had on those, like, screen passes, but he's just an all-around super talented back. And I I love to see him succeeding, but it's also bittersweet because the Cardinals really signed him for nothing. Like, I think just a million. And I'm like, I don't know why the Steelers wouldn't have taken him back. I mean, he's so ingrained. And on their team and in their culture, and apparently Mike Tomlin was very upset about not getting James Conner back, which oh. really speaks to how impactful of a player he was to them out even off the field. It's I I don't know why they never would have resigned him, but you know I, I'm still super happy for James Conner that he's in this incredible situation on this Cardinals team that is rolling. Honestly, he's literally probably a couple of play away from still being undefeated. So, you know, props to him for absolutely demolishing Shanna Fraud's 49ers. <laughs> and, um, and, and I don't know, just, just being a guy that also could have been a go to the week very easily. Yeah. If though, if I wasn't walking the black and yellow, road of the wizard to the wizard of Oz. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Very well put. Um, Yeah. Big game for the Cardinals defense as well. Uh, They had five sacks, three from Marcus golden uh, and then two fumble recoveries and an interception on Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, Yeah. 49ers kind of continue to disappoint down the stretch. Um, Wow. Surprising. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> really raises a lot of questions there, but I don't really want to take the time to get into that. Yeah, um, don't worry, I, I will <laughs> in my post, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, getting into the um primetime games from Sunday, first things first, uh, Titans over the Rams 28 to 16. Another shocker, but I, I like it for the Titans. Uh, Matthew Stafford and back-to-back interceptions that completely turned the tides. Uh, and they just couldn't get any kind of momentum back. We said after the Derrick Henry injury that this Titans passing game would really need to step up. Uh, and I guess the defense kind of took that as a challenge because they just <laughs> dominated this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's crazy to see that, like, I, I mean, I, I thought the Rams were going to win this one, but I never could have foreseen the Titans' defense being this impactful. And, you know, if they really want to continue the hot stretch that they're on without their most valuable player, Derrick Henry, who has quarterback-level value for them, this is big. And, and Jeffrey Simmons, who people, the people, go voted as the – I said goaded as the – voted <laughs> as the goat of the week – it just speaks volumes to how impactful he's been as an interior defensive lineman. It was just, he was just absolutely game wrecking against the Rams. Uh, personally, I am not worried one bit for the Rams. Yeah. And I honestly think as of this moment, we have to hail the Titans as the best team in the AFC 
as of this moment, keyword as of this moment, because they could just go lose next week and the Bills can play crazy and then people are saying something different. But um, yeah, I just feel like some of the big wins they've had, I, I got to roll with the Titans as the best team in the AFC, but I honestly wouldn't consider any AFC team that elite in regards to the Super Bowl conversation, like winning the Super Bowl conversation. So, so interesting, but you know, credit to the Titans for a big win in LA. And um, it's it's crazy seeing the Rams look human offensively, but I don't expect that to happen very often. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's I don't like seeing this bad game out of Stafford after I've been kind of quietly hyping him up this year. But uh, if Tom Brady's allowed to have bad games, um, and he's had like three this year, then Stafford's definitely allowed to have one. Um, <laughs> Granted, Tom Brady's had poor playoff runs and won Super Bowls and then gets called the reason for why his teams are winning. So that doesn't yeah. really surprise Yeah. Just, just um, add a little bit of shade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I think they're like the, I, the Rams didn't have Von Miller in this one. That'll definitely be an impact going forward. And then Odell Beckham Jr. coming in won't hurt them either. Probably. Um, so yeah, looking at the AFC standings though, um, I joked about all the five win teams, but it's actually crazy. Um, it's like the NFC least thing where the teams aren't that good, but it's competitive because they're all similar to each other. Yeah. See, I I don't mean that as if these teams aren't good football teams because a lot of them are, but like, they're not elite but they're good enough to be in contention with the others so like the playoff pictures can potentially even like flip around throughout the rest of the season and it's going to be well this is the longest season ever so it's going to be curious to see how that all ends up yeah for sure and like i joked about all the five win teams but nine out of 16 like that's over half the conference has five wins right now um the titans and the ravens are the only teams with more than five with seven and six respectively. So yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely fair to say uh, that the Titans are probably the best in the division right now. I mean, you look at how this defense has played uh, this week, but also you look at what they did to the bills. They have some nice games under their belts. Um, So I think they can be complete. We'll have to see if they can do that consistently. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was that was pretty much all I had to say on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, moving on to Monday night, looking at the Steelers over the Bears. Uh, oh this was authentically <laughs> an interesting game at the end, kind of in spite of the bad officiating. I don't think I've ever seen the entire NFL fan base so united on an issue as they are against these taunting penalties. <laughs> um we're like, I kind of understand the spirit of the penalty. We're like, you want to kind of maintain sportsmanship, but at the same time, like these are grown men and you're worried about them hurting each other's feelings. And not just that, that's one thing, but it's also a 15 yard penalty where that like a face mask. <laughs> yeah. Literally. We're like or roughing the passer. Yeah. Where those yeah. are big, like, sometimes dirty plays 
that yeah are being weighted the exact same as Cassius March staring at the Steelers sideline for a second. Um, just, <laughs> and doing yeah. a ninja kick. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think that was even part of the penalty. It was, it yeah, was just yeah. the stare, um, which is so Did weird. And Yeah, like 15 yards is so much. That can be that can and probably in this case did change the game. Uh, I don't know. I can't say if that wasn't called that the Bears would have won, but I mean, yeah, you, you just don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's not good for the brand of the NFL to have stuff like that going on where everybody can look at it and be like, well, that's dumb. Like, this is what's deciding games right now. Granted, official referees in the NFL in general have been like this for a very long time, controlling the game with sus calls or sus no calls. I'm not trying to just take away the blame from this game, but like in general, raising awareness to how bad NFL referees are. And I think people need to realize the vast impact that they have in these games, even beyond this one. This one was just glaring because it was a primetime game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's just, yeah, I don't know. I think, like, I don't think anything will change this year, especially with this taunting stuff. I mean, they've made the point to cut down on it. Um, They'll probably see that through. I guess we've just got to adapt. Yeah, like like the reviewing uh, pass interference penalties, like the mess that was back in the 2019 season. So Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Kind of just like the uh, the slogan "adapt and overcome." That's kind yeah. of what NFL does with their stupid rules and in general, but but yeah, this is this is just a weird situation where it's just like kind of just a violation of the game to do something like that. Like this is kind of like you said, grown men. It's it's a macho, masculine sport, and I feel like I don't know. I feel like taking away a lot of the the showmanship sometimes of, yeah and a football i'm not saying to like taunt I, I i know how i know there's a lot of taunt like there's sometimes there's a taunting penalty that is a legit taunting penalty yeah and there's something like that that that's not like for example like cd lamb waving goodbye to a patriots defender as he's going into the end zone to win the game it's taunting yeah what cassius marsh did isn't I mean in the sense it's taunting, but it's, it's really it's really not. It's not something that really even mattered at all. He was just staring down the sidelines of a team that cut him because he wasn't really that good. <laughs> yeah, honest. Yeah, um, it's it's weird how much Cassius March has like bounced around and kind of maintained some kind of name recognition. Um, Granted, it's not for good reasons. Like, call, yeah, not like, really. Calling out the Patriots for not having any fun there when, yeah, obviously everyone deserves to have a voice in situations, but I, I don't know. It's weird. Cassius Marsh, and then and then the situation like this. He's always like in the NFL news despite being like a mediocre player. Yeah, for, like reasons like this, which yeah. is just like a bizarre, not like a negative thing, like an off the field negative thing, but like something like this where it's just, like. This dude's in the news for like the weirdest reason. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
yeah, kind of my last thought on this. I hate how much power NFL referees have with Over- pretty much zero accountability. Yeah, besides complaining fans and people in comment sections will just be like cry as a response and then that's all yeah. you, that's all you get where it's just like oh you're mad because your team lost when like in actuality there's only bad calls which screws up drives and momentums and a lot of things like that and then the refs nothing happens besides mad people and mad fans yeah like you never see refs get fired or suspended or any like they don't get a slap on the wrist. They can completely blow a call and cost the team a game, and it doesn't affect them at all, which is absurd. Um, yeah, I think especially kind of in this era where we have every angle of every play we would ever need, um, why do they still have all of the power to make those decisions? It's bizarre. Yeah. Three more. Yeah, it sucks that this is the pretty much entire story coming out of this one. Because um, it is but... an interesting game in general with a lot of neat performances that it's just getting overshadowed. Yeah, I mean, Justin Fields only had one interception in this one, uh, kind of getting things back on freaky, track. On kind of a freaky play, too, where it's just Cameron Hayward with active hands making kind of a crazy play. The ball's the defensive line. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, he had some really nice ones. Allen Robinson had a season-high 68 receiving yards. Um, I guess it's safe to say he's back, right? <laughs> I'm back. What it do, baby? <laughs> the Skip Bayless quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's yeah, like he's weird how quiet. Sorry. Oh, sorry. But as a, as a fan of Fields, Honestly, it was it was nice to see. Obviously, it was against my team, so it wasn't that nice to see. But yeah. the, the talent and the poise is there. His calmness is also insane. He doesn't really show a ton of emotion, but then you see him just bombing passes downfield with incredible touch. Receivers aren't exactly that good. No offense. Like, I saw a throw where... Honestly, I thought his best throw of the night was this really, I don't know if you remember it, a very tight window throw to Cole Komet down the field where he fit in between two Steelers defenders. It was just. Mm, I don't think up. I remember that one. He just had a ton of throws downfield that, like you said in an earlier podcast, just had beautiful touch. And the, the talent, talent is there. Uh, the Steelers can't hold out stopping from running. Yeah. As a rookie, at least, and this was remarkable. And the going to Pittsburgh, really hostile college-esque environment with all those terrible towels flying, and with all the weird calls and momentum changes. To miraculous. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, did you want to? Kind of touch on um, your Chris Boswell pick for go to the week, and then we'll kind of transition into that. Yeah, yeah. At first, I just wanted to credit Pat Fryermuth for kind of his breakout, put the league on notice game. You know, I, I was really big watching his highlights after he got drafted. Yeah. And I think he's going to be one of the best tight ends in the league. Very, very. I just keep nailing these skill position player picks. 
Yeah, but, uh, I uh, I picked him up in our dynasty league. So if you're if you're interested, um, <laughs> you know where to find me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I'm gonna say I'm good as in I don't really care about fantasy football. But like, <laughs> I I mean he's Pat Fryer move. So like, how could I not be interested in the Muth? Because the Muth <laughs> is loose. But um, yeah. But to get to Boswell, not to take any more time. Uh, he was just honestly didn't go too far in my memory banks by saying this admittedly, but honestly, this might be the best game from a kicker that I've ever seen. Hitting two, I don't think people realize how difficult that it is to kick at Heinz Field traditionally with the, the cold weather and the wind, and to hit 250 yarders, a 40 yard game winner, and recover a fumble in the same game is miraculous. He's actually the only kicker in NFL history to hit 250 yards, hit a game winner, and recover a fumble in the same game. If you want <laughs> some, G- if you want some GFB stats, yeah, for your yeah, for your that's, evening, that's my style of uh, research right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he kicker in NFL history to hit two field goals at Heinz Field, and just thinking about two, the pre- two field goals altogether or two field goals of 50 plus. I, I'm dumb. <laughs> two field goal, two field goals of fifty plus yards. Oh my god, two field goals. He he once hit six field goals in the playoff game, and I'm saying that. So uh, two yeah. fifty yarders. But um, honestly, just thinking like last week, he was in concussion protocol after getting clocked. And oh yeah. Really, really should have been a flag. Like they throw a flag on Cassius Marsh for that, but they won't throw a flag when Chris Boswell's down after he throws the ball against Cleveland getting concussed. The refs just don't throw anything, but then they throw a flag on the taunting. It's just I just don't get it. Concussion protocol and he goes and has a game like this in this crazy environment and crazy game. You know, I call it a typical Steelers quote unquote, let's make any kind of game interesting game. Yeah. The fact that Boswell was just poised and and clutch kicks he deserves my praise because the Steelers off sucks so and they needed him to to save them so I walk like I said before I'm walking the black and yellow paved road to uh the Wizard of Oz yeah I like that I like that um or brick road not paved road yeah black and yeah, yellow brick road to to the Wizard of Oz yeah most roads are black and yellow and paved so um, yeah, uh, last thing for today, looking at the week nine, go to the week. Um, Chris Boswell, despite all that, finished third in votes with eight. Boom. Our winner this week was, um, yeah, I don't know if you want to fill insert, but uh, Josh Allen with. 65 votes. Jeffrey Simmons at 26. So pretty runaway performance there. Um, yeah, yeah. Eight tackles, a sack, an interception, and a fumble recovery. Yeah, just hmm. terrorized the Bills' offense uh, as much as I hated to see it. Had to give credit where it was due. So, right now, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, I'm I'm holding it in, okay, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> We'll see how I'm doing after this week. Um, but, yeah, 
Uh, Ravens-Dolphins action coming up soon tonight. That should be, well, kind of an interesting one in the way that I expect a big Lamar Jackson game, and that's always fun for me. But, um, Even yeah. for me, like, I enjoy watching him. Like, he's one of my reporters in the NFL. A lot of people look at me like I have four heads whenever I say that, but, like, yeah. just because he's kind of a team that's in my division and a rival, like, I respect because they for so little time that they've won so much and have always been a like playoff contending, Super Bowl contending kind of team. So like give them their praise when it's due and like I like watching Lamar Jackson play football. He's a unique player. So Yeah. Just for people who are confused by me giving Lamar Jackson praise. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah that's tonight. Lots of other good games coming up this weekend. Uh looking forward to a lot of those. But um yeah. Yeah. That'll be that'll be it for today. Um, sorry, a bit of a longer show, but I I, I hope yeah. you all enjoyed it. Uh, pretty fun <laughs> on my end. Um, so it's always fun on mine. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Um, but yeah, that's it for today. Um, yeah, yeah. Once again, thank you all for listening, and yeah, hope to see you back after this week of games sweet sweet thank you all for listening all right take care everyone